This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. be teaching a series on a glorious church. And I want to read some uh, a verse, a couple of verses to you from Ephesians chapter 5 and beginning with verse 25. I'm going to be reading out of the Amplified Version. If you'll just listen to what the Apostle Paul says to the church in Ephesus and to you and I, from these verses. Husbands, love your wives. Good morning, Passion Church. What does that have to do with the church? Well, Paul uses marriage as the example, a physical, visible model that we see in society as the example, the model for how our church should be. So he's talking to you and I, he's talking to Pastor Church Montgomery and saying, okay, here's how Jesus wants the church to be. Husbands, love your wives, seek the highest good for her and surround her with a caring and selfish love, just as Christ, here we go, just as Christ also loved the church, you and I, and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify the church. Jesus has sanctified the church. The word sanctify means to be made holy. He has made us holy that he might sanctify the church having cleansed her. We are clean. You are clean. We need to grasp this truth. Because the enemy will try to remind us of all the things that are wrong, how we have this wrong, how we've done this wrong, how we act the wrong way, our feelings that are not right, our attitudes that are not right, the things that we've done that are not right, how we're not really clean. He wants to convince you that you are not clean. But the Bible says here, Paul says that Jesus Christ has already cleansed, not is cleansing, but has cleansed. You are clean. Jesus said to the disciples when they were wondering about, you know, being clean, he said, you are clean by the word that I have spoken to you. So the word of God cleanses us, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word of God. There you go. He cleanses us by the word of God. You know, right now, as I'm reading this verse, these verses to you, and as you're listening to them, you're being cleansed. The washing of the water of the word of God. Isn't that wonderful? Why well, I can get up every morning, read the Bible and take a bath, a spiritual bath. And I do. So that he might present her, the church, to himself in glorious splendor. Now that's where I got my title, a glorious church. Now listen, he says, Jesus did this for you and I, for the church, that he might present the church, you and I, to himself. 
<laughs> in glorious splendor. Jesus fixed us up. It's like he has fallen in love with this woman, the church. She is poor. She has nothing nice to wear to the wedding. She cannot go fix her hair or anything. And so what he does is he buys her the most beautiful wedding gown. He uh, makes sure that her hair and everything, she looks absolutely phenomenal. She is breathtaking so that he might present this bride to himself, a good bridegroom presenting a bride to himself. That's what Jesus has done for you and I. That's what he's done. He has cleansed us. He has cleansed us that he might present us to himself in glorious splendor. Oh my goodness. If you and I could only see how us, how God sees us, how God sees us. You know, the problem is we know too much about how the devil sees us. We know how the world sees us, how friends see us. And probably the, the worst thing is how we see ourselves. Or it can be the worst. But when God sees us, when Jesus looks at us, when Jesus looks at you right now, what does he see? Glorious splendor. <laughs> Listen, he goes on. Without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Paul's not satisfied with just spot or wrinkle. Listen, you're without spot. You don't have any spots. You don't have any stains of sin on you. They have been eradicated. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been. I don't care the kind of life you've lived. And I don't care the struggles you're having now. Now understand, I'm not saying I don't care about your struggles. But I'm saying your struggles your frailties, your weaknesses do not define you, nor do they define your relationship with Jesus Christ and the, our Father God. So he might present us in glorious splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Wow, you look perfect. <laughs> but that she should be holy, set apart for God and blameless. Sometimes Denise and I will go out and she'll get all fixed up and, and I'll look at her and I'll say, my, you look so beautiful. You know, and you know what? Jesus looking at you today, you know what he is saying? Passion Church, you, your name. He's saying, you look beautiful. You know, Jesus said this about the church. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. This month, here's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be looking at the church. We're going to do a study of the church. We're going to talk about and look at this glorious, beautiful creation of God, the church. And let's, let me clarify what I mean by church. I'm not talking about an institution, an organization, or a beautiful building. I'm not even talking about Passion Church, the organization, because we are a 501c3 uh, recognized by the government. But I'm not talking about that. That's a name 
that the IRS recognizes. That's a name we have on a sign. That's a name that we go by. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you. Yes, you, the people, us, the people of God. I'm talking about you individually and who we are together corporately. The people of God, the people, that's the church. Listen, who is the church? They're the ones who by faith in Jesus Christ have passed from death to life, who have been washed from all of their sins and the precious blood of Jesus Christ shed at the cross. Those who have been plucked up out of sin, shame and guilt and planted in the kingdom of God's unconditional love forever. Those, you and I, the church, the ones who have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God and his son. Listen, we may be, you may be struggling. We do struggle with the forces of darkness. We struggle with things, but I'm going to tell you what, that's not where we, we're living. We're living in the kingdom of God. We're in this world, but while we're in this world, we're in the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? It's the reign of God. When we talk about the church, we're talking about those that bear the name of Jesus Christ. You bear the name of Jesus. You bear his name. It's as if everywhere you go on your forehead, you have been branded with the name Jesus. Now, people may not see it when they, uh, a name up there, but I'm telling you what, the devil sees it. Your enemy sees it. And I'll tell you, people see it more than you realize. What is the church? It's the dwelling place of God on earth. You know what? You are the address of God. If someone wanted to send God a letter, they'd have to send it to you, the church. So that's who we're going to be talking about this month. Now, the book of Ephesians is probably the most beautiful picture of the church in the Bible. It's wonderful. Now, here's I want to lay a foundation here real quick. There are two, two, there are two. How many? One, two. I think we can remember two things, okay? We can't. There are two powerful, let me say it this way, the two most powerful revelations you will ever get in your life are these. Number one, what Jesus accomplished at the cross for you and I. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was laid upon him and by his stripes we were healed. Now listen, that covers everything, my friend. You can go there. You can go to that verse and you can find that the, the, uh, situ the solution for every need in your life. You can find the supply of every need in your life. That verse contains everything you and I will ever need. I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is. If it's direction, if it's wisdom, if it's healing, if it's uh, hope, if it's peace, if it's joy, if it's uh, uh, comfort, whatever it may be, prosperity, Everything we need 
was found there in that verse. Jesus accomplished it at the cross. I'm not going to preach on that. <laughs> uh, I could. Uh, but when number one, the most powerful truth is what Jesus did at the cross. You need to discover that. Get into the Bible. Don't wait on somebody to tell you. Get into the Bible and find out for yourself and discover what Jesus did for you at the cross. Because everything he did there belongs to you if you'll simply believe. Number two, the second most powerful revelation you can have in this life is who you are in Christ. Who you are in Christ, not who you think you are. Not who others say you are, not who your circumstance or your decisions or your mistakes or your successes. None of those things define who you are. Because the only way to know who you really are, if you are a believer, the only way you can know that is to find out who you are in Christ, because that's where your identity is. It is in Christ, not in yourself. Now, the Bible says, if anyone, that means you, if anyone, anyone means it can be anyone. If, and that means I can be one, you can be one. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Doesn't say, I'm so glad it doesn't say, if anyone is in Christ, they're going to be better or they're going to be fixed up or they're going to be repaired or they're going to be a better version of themselves. That's not what salvation is. That's not the better you. And I've heard people say, well, you know, uh, Jesus makes me a better me, a better person. No, he makes you a new one. You're not, I'm not a repaired version of Steve Vickers. I'm not a fixed up version. I'm not a remodeled version of Steve Vickers. I am a new creation. Something, the word means something that didn't exist before. So what does that say? That your existence in God started when you were born again, when you gave your heart to Jesus, when you first believed. And that's really it. As soon as you believe, you are a new creation. So I want us to look today in the next few moments we have at this one revelation, who you are in Christ, who you are in Christ. I want you to listen to me because this is going to help you. This is going to help you. I promise you it will change your life. It changed mine. It will change yours. So I ask you, open your heart, open your mind to hear what the word of God says. Now, in Ephesians 1, 7, I want to, uh, 1, verses 1 through 7, I want to read this to you. Now, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. I like it. It's uh, just comfortable for me to read, and I mark up my Bible and everything, so uh, it's the Bible I use right now. Uh, but as long as whatever version you have, uh, King James, New King James, and uh, New International Version, Passion Translation. I'm using the New Living Translation. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I am writing to God's holy people. Notice, he called them holy. He didn't, and do you think there was 
that there was not one person in that uh, church that was failing or that had sinned or that was making wrong choices. Yet he calls them a holy people. Why? Because God made them holy in Christ. Now listen, I am writing to God's holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers. God calls you holy. God calls you faithful. Now, you may not, you may struggle with faithfulness. You may struggle with holiness, but God calls you holy. God calls you faithful. And you are who God says you are. You need to wrap your heart around all right. You know, and here's the way Christianity is or works. We either have a Christianity of grace by faith or works of the flesh, of our works, trying to be God, good, trying to do right, trying to make right, try, all these things we're trying to do. When what we must do is find the place of rest in faith that is in God's grace. All right. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Now listen to me. Many times I've had people say, oh, Pastor, I just need peace. And, pray for, and I said, it's not peace you need. You need, to, you need to embrace and understand and believe in the grace of God. Because as soon as you do that, the peace will come. Peace always follows grace. But there is no peace without the understanding of grace and the belief in it. All right. All praise to God, of course, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for his glorious grace. He has poured out on us who belong to his dear son, he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. Wow. How, I mean, there is so much there. We could spend a lifetime talking about it understanding it, rediscovering uh, it. But let's look at a few points that Paul makes, all right? Number one, holy. He says you're holy. Now listen, that's something I think a lot of Christians don't even like the term holy because they feel it's legalistic. Um, yes, it is if you're trying to work out your holiness. If you're trying to be holy yourself, then yes, it is legalistic. You've got to become legalistic. There's got to be a whole list of do's and don'ts in your life. And you've got to live by those rules and, and make sure. And every time you fail, you're going to straighten yourself out and you're going to promise to do better. See, that is not a life of grace. That is living under the law. That's living under a law. 
And by law, nobody is made right with God. You're not made right with God by adhering to some law, whether it's a law you determine for your righteousness and salvation or other people or a religion or uh, any organization. No, we don't live by the law. We live by grace, by faith in God's grace. All right. For it is by grace through faith we're saved. All right. And we're going to talk about that uh, uh, in coming up in in the days ahead. He says you are holy. Now listen what Peter says about us. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare his praises. Next, God says you're faithful. You're faithful. He says you're holy. Now you've got to believe that. Take it by faith. Accept it. Accept it. Uh, would you just say right now, I am holy? No. Would you go ahead and say it out loud with me? I am holy. Let's say it again. I am holy. You want to be holy? Well, I'm going to tell you how you be, be holy is you believe you are holy. And as you do, the holiness of the Holy Spirit will begin to be manifested in your life because it's at first is internal. Number two, he says you're faithful. You are faithful. The word faithful means steadfast. You're even if you feel like you're up and down, in and out, or you know, uh, you, you sense, feel that about yourself, God says you're faithful. Faithful. You're steadfast, you're loyal, firm in adherence to God's promises and obe in obedience to Him. In obedience to Him. Now here's, uh, you know, what are we to obey? The laws that God has set forth in the new, the commands of Jesus. Let me tell you what they are. Number one, believe in Jesus. Number two, love. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Those are the only two commands we have to live under. Those are, are the laws we live by, faith in Jesus. The spirit of life, the spirit of, 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 of faith in Jesus. And then love, love. If you live by love, you're not gonna, you're gonna do the you're gonna do right. All right. Number three, now get this. Number one, he says you're holy. You are. You're holy. Number two, he says you're faithful. Number three, he says you are blessed. You're blessed. The people of God are already blessed. Second Peter chapter one, verse three, listen to this in the Amplified. Peter says, God's divine power has bestowed on us absolutely everything necessary for life, our life, and for godliness through personal knowledge of God. As you and I grow in the knowledge of God, as we get into the word and grow in it, the blessings of God naturally come upon us. You don't go out and earn the blessings of God. You receive them by faith. You accept it. And even when it looks like it's not there, you say it. 
Listen, I've done this so many times, Denise and I, when we had nothing, when, when they looked hopeless, we would declare, we are blessed. We are blessed. And you know what? We are. And it proved out that we were and are. The very first act of God when he created man, you know what it was? The Bible says he blessed them. He blessed them. And how did he bless them? It was a spoken blessing. He spoke it over them. Listen, the blessing of God is not money coming down out of heaven or new cars given to your our houses and all that. The blessing of God is a spoken thing. His blessing, his word, his word. If you'll get in his word, this book is full. It's a treasure house filled with the blessings of God. And I'm going to tell you, in there you can find a house, a car, whatever you need. Salvation for your loved ones. Whatever you need, healing for your body. The blessing of God is in the word of God. Number four, Paul says you are chosen. You're chosen. What does that mean? That when God was picking his team, he picked you. He said, I want you. You're chosen. That's amazing. And the Bible tells us that he did that before he ever made the world. Before God made the world, he chose you. Now, why would he choose you? What's special about you? Well, you'd have to ask God about that, but here's what it is. You believe him. See, the word of God goes out. And there are those that hear, and there are those that don't hear, won't hear, can't hear. There are those that believe and those that don't. And the ones that believe are chosen. It doesn't mean God stops the others from believing, but God beforehand knew you would believe. And you are chosen. Before you were born, you were marked for God. Before you came into this earth, before you ever entered your mother's womb, God had already chosen you. So don't worry about it now. Don't let the enemy convince you of anything else. You are chosen. And then finally, we're predestined. What does that mean? Predestined. You have a destiny that God has already set in motion. And it's for good. You're foreordained for good things. All right? All right. All this is yours in Christ. Now listen, God has provided everything you and I need in his son, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our time today. And I thank you, Lord, for this wonderful revelation of who we are in Christ. And I pray that you uh, open the hearts and minds of your people. And I pray, God, that everyone within the sound of my voice, that their heart would be uh, receptive to this message and that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would reveal to them who they are in Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.